When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello. Welcome into the Dynasty Tailgate here, a part of the IDP Army Podcast Network. Um, this Dynasty Tailgate, we're on to week five. Um, it's, it's a pretty exciting slate of games, probably the best weekend in college football so far. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm excited that we can finally, we're finally getting into the games that like actually mean something, actually you know, get you excited to, to sit down on a Saturday afternoon and watch some football. So we'll get to that here in a second. Um, I'd like to touch on a little bit from us last week. It was kind of a, there was a couple upsets. It was just kind of a dull weekend. We kind of got a little, you know, a couple of answers to some questions we had, especially Arkansas. It seems like they are legit. Um, but Leah, let me, let me just quickly run through what happened from this past week. So quarterbacks, Carson Strong, Matt Corral, uh, Desmond Ritter, all were on buys this last week. So that's three of the top quarterbacks weren't even playing. Um, And the only two notable ones, Sam Howell didn't have, you know, he was playing a nobody. I'm not really going to put much stock into that performance. But Spencer Rattler, yet again, 26 for 36, 256 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Probably could have had another interception in that game. I'll just say this about Rattler. I, I don't think that it's totally his fault. I, I have been very critical on, of him on Twitter. I've been very critical of him on this podcast, not seeing, not understanding what he's seeing out on the field. But I think that this past Saturday was kind of like a microcosm of what the problem is with Rattler. He didn't have any time in the pocket. There's no run game at all, and that's mainly due to the O-line. The O-line is giving him no time to make decisions. And while other quarterbacks that have been there in the past, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, to some extent Baker Mayfield, all were really good scrambling out of the pocket, making something happen, Um, whether it was Hurts or Kyler, who would just take off running. Baker would just evade tackles, and then he would make a a throw downfield. Rattler – hasn't quite figured out that skill yet. And 
if he figures that out, I think this offense is going to take a step up. But I think the combination, it's kind of just like a really bad combination of stuff going on. The O-line is bad. They cannot establish, which means they cannot establish a run game. The wide receivers are not as good as they've had wide receivers in the past. Like last year, these were the guys, and it looked a lot better. But they also had an O-line. They also had running backs. This week, this year, they have Kennedy Brooks, who didn't play last year with Rattler, and then they have Eric Gray, who just transferred in, never played with Rattler. Both all good players. Like I, I don't want to take anything away from anybody, but this Oklahoma team's got some work to do. They're not far off from being good. The defense is still really solid. The offense just there's just one more notch they need to click. So I think better days are ahead for the uh, Oklahoma Sooners. Or horrible things are ahead. It's one of the two. There's not. It's not really in the middle. But by this time last year, this team would have already lost two games. So it's good to see that they're actually able to hold on and were put. You know, actually had to kick a game-winning field goal, which I haven't seen from Oklahoma in a long time. So better days ahead. Spencer Rattler. I don't think he is as bad as you're being told that he is. I, I understand. I even listen to college football on ESPN. They're they're saying it's the NIL that. All he's thinking about is money and his brand. Just can we stop, 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 stop. That's not the problem. He was good last year and he was on the show QB one on Netflix before that. If he's just now, if it's just now getting into his head about the NIL, I think you may have missed the boat. I, I don't think that he's just now, that's just now affecting him. There's actual real problems that are on this team and you can definitely fix them. They're fixable. I, I don't know if they have the players to fix them, but the scheme is fixable. So I'll be interested to see what Lincoln Riley uh, has in store and hopefully they can get things turned around because Rattler's a good quarterback. I don't, I hate to see that this is how it's going down for him this year. Uh, the other guy I want to talk about is Malik Willis. He looks like a stud. I, I'm really getting impressed with his ability to not only run, but to complete the long ball down the field. He they played on last Thursday. I was just texting clips to Joe. Joe's not here today, by the way. He's out on the golf course. So good for him. Which, you know, don't we all wish we were out on the golf course today? But Malik Willis, 14 to 19, 205 yards, three tutties, and 49 rushing yards on top of that. The kid's good. He looks like a not as good Cam Newton. Like Cam Newton, if you compare somebody to Cam Newton, I mean, come on, you, you've you're comparing him to like one of the best college quarterbacks of all time. Um, he's not quite that he's not as tall. I thought he was a little bit taller. He's only like six foot. So I, I there's something there though. He, I, I don't think that he's going to be top of the class quarterback, but I definitely think late round, you know, maybe like a, a Steelers, something like that. Well, Steelers are probably going to be bad this year. So they'll be picking a little bit earlier, but something, something in that mid, you know, after 15 or so, I think Willis could sneak in there. Um, and that was really it for the quarterbacks. Howell didn't really, like I said earlier, didn't really play a team we're really worth talking about. So I'll just leave that one alone. Uh, we'll get on to the wide receivers. Uh, not a lot of great games from wide receivers this week. There were a lot of injuries. David Bell comes to mind for Purdue. Um, but I've got five that I want to talk about. Um, six, actually, Chris Olave, another dud. It's, it's becoming a trend. He did catch a touchdown. He caught like a one he was like one for four yards and one touchdown. Chris Olave is going to be a first round wide receiver on this team on, on this draft. 
just let that sink in. He he did not catch a pass last week. He caught one pass this week during the game. I don't love that. I don't don't love that at all. And I keep reading these mock drafts, and they keep mocking him as like the second or third wide receiver taken. I just don't know how with that production – you're going to, how's a GM going to look at that tape and be like, well, he was doing this and this when he's got Garrett Wilson beside him, who is excelling in every game so far. So Garrett Wilson this week, four receptions, 124 yards. He's the best route runner in this class. I I don't think there's even a argument for the second person on it, but Garrett Wilson, I think that's still your wide receiver one. I think by the time we get to the draft, I don't know how you pass up on Garrett Wilson and take Olave. I really don't. Um, Jahan Dotson, another really good outing. Seven receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Traylon Burks played Texas A&M. That was a big test for him. Six receptions, 167 yards, and a touchdown. Had a beautiful like 70-yard touchdown catch catch and run Uh, the kid is good he's got speed he's got the hands he's got everything that you want and he's making that arkansas team into a contender this year they're they're in the top 10 arkansas think about that and that's mainly because of him and kj jefferson which we'll get to that in the game previews a little bit later justin ross back from the dead (laughs) back from uh, obscurity eight receptions 77 yards and two touchdowns they did get beat by nc state however that's pretty good for Justin Ross. I, I still, again, I'm reading mock drafts, uh, kind of getting aware of what the vibe is with everybody else that's kind of talking about this stuff. They still have him as like the third wide receiver. We got to get away from these names. Like that's the th- that the thing is, is the name is going to kill you. I, I, I don't think that, I think you have to look at what they're doing on the teams that they're on. Like there's an excuse for some people, you know, like our South Alabama guy, he plays on South Alabama. I get the on the first round, maybe not even the second round. He's a good wide receiver. There's really no excuse for Justin Ross, who plays on Clemson, or Chris Olave, who plays on Ohio State. I get that they're having down years, but there's there's no excuse. No, I'm sorry. If you're a first-round wide receiver, you need to be able to overcome even having a bad quarterback. I, I just think that that's, that's always something I'm going to have to live by. And I understand that the metrics and how he tests out and what his hand size is. I get all of that makes a difference, but me personally, I need to see it on the field too. And you're going like, you're not always going to play with a good quarterback. I mean, hell, if you're in Houston this year, you're playing with Davis Mills. He was not that good at Stanford and Davis Mills is a starter in the the league right now. And you just get, you gotta be able to overcome. And I, I just Ross and Olave have, really not been overcoming and that it, it makes me a little nervous. Um, last wide receiver, Drake London, 10 receptions, 165 yards. The kid's a beast. He's not being, he's still not being mocked in the first round. I haven't even seen him uh, get up there yet. I can't, he has to be going in the back half of drafts uh, by the time everything's said and done. If you're looking for a good possession wide receiver, a guy with good hands can catch everything. Like, I mean, he's had multiple 10 reception games this season and he's playing for USC, who's not very good. I mean, they got a freshman in there now, Jackson Dart, who, well, actually, no, Slovis played this week. So he's playing with Slovis still. Slovis is not a good quarterback. And he's still making things happen. He's very trustable. So I think Jake London, he's my wide receiver three out of it. Well, yeah, wide receiver four, 
just kidding. Because Traylon Burks will still be number three. Um, Olave's gonna. I think Olave's got to come down after this week, but we'll see. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. All right, let's get on to the running backs. Uh, there was a couple good games, couple meh games. Get out of the meh games out of the way. Uh, Kyron Williams, eighteen rushes for thirty-three yards, zero receptions, zero yards. They didn't really need him. They they kind of beat Wisconsin pretty easily there, especially in that second half. The Wisconsin quarterback was just having having a day. So <laughs> threw a couple pick sixes. It, they I don't I don't really put this all on Kyron. I think that there, there's better days ahead for him for sure. Um, it was a big game, and Wisconsin's defense is solid, but we'll we'll see. I think I think there's something better ahead. Um, other okay game was Donovan Knight versus Clemson. Clemson's got a good defense, so I don't really put this all on him. Twenty three rushes, seventy nine yards, one reception for negative two yards. I, I think that was more just like he's going against Clemson. Donovan Knight's not the top. He's probably a fifth round back, maybe fourth, if somebody really feels comfortable or really needs a back that bad. But I think. Going forward, Zonovan Knight's solid. I think he's really supplanted himself up you know, towards the top in this draft. Um, On to the good games. we got Isaiah Spiller for Texas A&M. Uh, they did end up losing the game, but 12 rushes for 95 yards and a touchdown, five receptions for 26 yards. All of those are important stats. He also had that really beautiful 67-yard run for a touchdown. Um, I'm sure everybody saw that on SportsCenter, or if you haven't seen the clip, go find it on Texas A&M Twitter because that was one of the bright spots from that game. Um, he's, he's the best back in the class. And I don't think that that's in dispute right now. Um, I could, you could make an argument for hall, but I still think it's Spiller as of now, Zach Charbonnet, 23 rushes, 118 yards and a touchdown, five receptions for 57 yards. I think he's the third best uh, or fourth best behind Kyron. I think it goes Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, Kyron Williams, and then Zach Charbonnet. And I think all of those guys are usable in the next year. I think Charbonnet has really made himself something um, this year for UCLA. He's really fitting into Chip Kelly's scheme, so it's good to see that. Uh, Brees Hall, have a fucking day, my guy. 27 rushes, 190 yards, two touchdowns, five receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown. They lost the game. (laughs) Uh, It's always kind of weird to see a guy have that kind of a stat line, and they lost the game. But, yeah, Brees Hall is – he's really – this is the Brees Hall game that we've wanted to see all year from him. He really has not had one of these yet. So it's it's kind of been the weird part of it is uh, you're, you've, you've been waiting for like, well, why, you know, they keep seeing Brees Hall's second back. You know, he's not really had any kind of games that really stick out or anything. But then, you know, he has one of these, drops one of these on you, and it's like, okay, that makes sense. I get it. There's no, no confusion on this end. Uh, Brees Hall looks good. Cannot wait to see what the kid does. Um Last person on my list for the day is the tight end Jaleel Billingsley for Alabama. Five receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Alabama did not really have that tough of a game. However, we're trying to find out who's going to be the tight end one in this class. Um, could be Billingsley. I, I, I don't. Th- I'm not going to rule anyone out right now. There, there's a couple guys in the mix. But they haven't really shown, you know, what you've wanted to see from the number one tight end in the class. And I'm hoping we can get, I don't know, a little bit more clarity on that going forward. It's still Jalen Wiedermeyer from Texas A&M right now. But I would not be shocked if Billingsley works his way in there somehow, some way. But it wasn't really anything good defensive-wise. Like, nobody had, like, oh, like, 
10 tackles and a touch. Like nobody really did anything like that. So I kind of, I don't really know what to do with defense to be completely honest with you right now. Um, there's some people that are saying that Thibodeau might not might be overrated. Some people are saying that, you know, Kyle Hamilton could be the number one player for IDP in the class. There is a lot of opinions going on right now. Um, I think Thibodeau is still the best in the class. I think he is as, is as good as like, you know, one of the pass rushers of the, of the defensive end pass, like miles Garrett or something like that. I, I still, I still lock into that. He looks, he looks good enough. I mean, a lot of people are comparing him to Davion Clowney, which is kind of like, you know, you know, I don't think that you can call him that, but whatever people are comparing him to that. We'll see what he can do. I still think he's closer to miles Garrett than Clowney, but we'll see run stopper still. That's still good. All right. Enough of that week. Let's get on to week five. Enough week, enough week four. Let's get on to week five. So we've got three of the biggest college football games of the year this weekend. I'm not even really going to cover other games. There's a couple like Spencer Rattler's playing Kansas State. Oklahoma has lost to Kansas State for two straight years. So I'm, I'd be interested to see what they can do this year in Manhattan to play them. But I, I'm going to leave Oklahoma alone. They're They're going to do their thing. We're just going to get to the three primetime games. You know which ones I'm talking about if, you know, if you're a college football fan. If not, let me tell you, this weekend would be the weekend to tune in. So, first game on the matchup list for me is Arkansas versus Georgia. Georgia is number 2 in the nation, Arkansas is number 8. So, Arkansas is going in KJ Jefferson, their quarterback might be hurt, Traylon Burks, our, you know, number 2 or 3 wide receiver in this class has also been dealing with an injury. It looks like both of them are going to be fine to play. This will be the test of all tests. I've gone on and talked about this in this podcast before. Georgia has the best, one of the best college football defenses I've seen in at least a decade. I I haven't really seen one as dominant as this one in a long time. So this will kind of be, kind of be what, you know, what can Arkansas do against this kind of a defense, this, you know, iron curtain, basically defense, um, which obviously we're, we're looking at Adam Anderson. We're looking at N'Kobe Dean. We're like, I, honestly, we're kind of looking at everybody on that defense. I'm pretty positive that everybody on that George D line is going to be in the NFL. And a couple of those secondary members are going to be in the NFL at some point. Um, so this will be an interesting game. Georgia's favored by 18 and a half. Ugh, I cannot say that that's going to happen. I think I do think Georgia will win the game. I don't think it'll be by over two touchdowns. That seems really strong to me, but we'll see. Georgia's got a lot. Georgia's got a lot to prove this year because a lot of people will you know know them as chokers. And I think even if they end up losing to Alabama in the SEC title, they might still make the playoff because they are that good. All right, on to the next game: Alabama versus Ole Miss. Now, this is a sneaky good game. Alabama's favored by 14 and a half. No way that's going to happen. I get it. Uh, Nick Saban's old coaches kind of always don't really end up winning against him. Um, Lane Kiffin is back. Um, But Ole Miss has Matt Corral. He's the number one quarterback in this draft class. If there was one, and he is mobile, and that's – Alabama, their one kryptonite 
and it's always been this way, is a mobile quarterback. The mobile quarterbacks hurt this team all the way back to like Johnny Manziel. He killed this team, killed this team. And Matt Corral, little, he's, he's got a little something in him, a little rushing in him. They've had an entire bye week to prepare for this game. I think they're going to come out strong. I think they're going to come out fast. Ole Miss, if they get the ball right away, they're scoring on that first drive. And I think heavy of Matt Corral. On the Alabama side, the only person I really am like interested in looking at, of course, like there's Jaleel Billingsley, um, uh, the wide receiver that I don't even remember his name because he's not even going to be relevant anymore. But I'm more interested to see Christian Harris. He is supposed to be the number one linebacker in this class. I currently have Nakobe Dean and Adam Anderson, who's currently a defensive end, I think is going to end up switching over because he's a little small to be a defensive end in the NFL. I think he'll switch over to a linebacker. But Christian Harris, a lot of people's LB1 in this class, I think this would be a great day to prove it because Matt Corral, if you can put Matt Corral on his back for the entire day or at least have him pressured, make him throw you know, on the run, stuff like that, Alabama is going to win this easily. And that that's really where the, what they have got to prove in this game. So I think Alabama is going to win still. I think if there was an upset alert, it would be this game. I still think it's Kansas state over Oklahoma, but you know, sad Oklahoma fans. Here we are. Uh, but out of the three games I'm talking about, I think this is the biggest chance for an upset because Ole Miss is pretty good. So on to the last game. We've got number seven, Cincinnati versus number nine, Notre Dame. Another really great game. Another really great quarterback involved, Desmond Ritter. I, I He's not really getting talked about as much um, as I think he should be. He, and I think it's because he plays for Cincinnati, honestly. Malik Willis is kind of a freak of nature, so I think that's why he's getting talked about. He's only, you know. Malik Davis is only six foot, or Malik Willis is only six foot, so he's still not quite the size that a lot of people are, you know, it's not going to jump off the page. But Desmond Ritter looks like one of the best quarterbacks in this class against Notre Dame's defense will be a good time for them to prove it. Notre Dame's actually shocked me a little bit. I thought for sure they were going to have an upset here at some point because they – those first couple of weeks, they were so shaky against like Florida State, and then they just come out and do that to Wisconsin, and I'm just like, wow. So Notre Dame, they, I don't know how they keep finding themselves on these lists, but here they here they go again. You got Kyron Williams, you got Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton does look like the real real deal, by the way. Um, a lot of people still have Derek Stingley Jr. going in the top five of their drafts. I don't know how he hasn't lost that by now. I get the last year was a fluke, or you can call it a fluke, but he's just looked okay this year. And LSU as a whole hasn't been great. And you would think somebody of his his stature, we'll say, would be able to overcome that, you know? And, and that's kind of where I'm just having a problem with him right now. I still think Derek Singley Jr. is probably second or third best secondary option in this class, but – I, you know, Kyle Hamilton far and away is the best in this class. I mean, he's a safety, so maybe that holds him back because it's not a lockdown corner. But I still think he needs to be up there um, above him. Definitely a top eight pick, I would say, in the draft. So let's just go through a couple more 
decent games. Um, got Oregon playing Stanford. Stanford, mm, okay team. So I, I would like to see what Oregon can do against them. Arkansas just played – or not Arkansas. USC just played them and lost. So we'll see if Stanford may be legit or USC maybe just having a bad game or two. Um, and Florida, Kair Elam, I, I really would like to see a lot more from him. Um, he's supposed to be one of the best cornerbacks in his class. I haven't really gotten that yet. I would like to see more of that. Um, and then Texas A&M is playing Mississippi State. That's a pretty high-powered offense, but I think Texas A&M has the athletes to win the football game. So I would definitely be interested to see what that is or what, how that goes. And then LSU is playing Auburn. Should be a fun game, I think. Um, Stingley Jr. Um, there's a couple of kids for Auburn I'm kind of interested in. Tank Bigsby, he's a running back, one of Joe's favorite players. Um, I would be interested to see what he can do against the LSU defense. And then uh, Jalen Tolbert for South Alabama. They're playing Louisiana this week. Um, not LSU, Louisiana, but the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. And uh, it'll be a good test for him. It's It's a Big, better opponent for South Alabama. Um, their quarterback, not good. But Jalen Tolbert is usually able to overcome that. And I will be interested to see what he has in store. So here's kind of my updated rankings. I know I kind of tap danced around it at the beginning of the podcast, but let's just, I, as I've been moving people up and down, here's where I'm at. So quarterbacks, we got Matt Corral, one, Spencer Rattler, two, Desmond Ritter, three, Sam Howell, four, Strong, five, and Malik Willis, six. So I think we can pretty confidently say not all six of these guys are going to go in the first round. Um, Name alone is going to get Rattler and Corral in the first round. Um, Carson Strong is probably going to test really well, so I could definitely see him being there. Sam Howell, I don't know. You know, going into the season, a lot of people felt highly about him, but I don't know if he's like a Kyle Trask situation where like going into it, you think, okay, he's definitely a first rounder. Then he ends up falling to the second round. I'm not sure if Howell's in that territory yet. I still think Desmond Ritter, it needs to be up there. And I think he will be by the time, you know, we get to the drafts because a lot of these teams in the league need quarterbacks. So, you know, I think that Houston needs a quarterback. Washington football team needs a quarterback. Pittsburgh needs a, a quarterback. Um, probably all I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, maybe if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, maybe they need a quarterback, something like that. So there's definitely going to be some teams need a quarterback. I know they believe in Jordan Love. We'll see. We'll see if they have it. Running backs, not a, not a lot changing here. Isaiah Spiller, one. Brees Hall, two. Kyron Williams, three. Zach Charbonnet, four. Five is Zonovan Knight. Six, ZJ Verdell. Seven, Tyler Al. Gary, eight, Eric Gray for Oklahoma. Not positive about Eric Gray yet. Really needs some clarification in these games. He is not – he's very fast. He's a very twitchy guy, but he's all over the place. <laughs> I can't – cannot keep it straight with him how – if he's actually good or he is just like a good little gadget back. He reminds me a lot of uh, Kylan Hill um, last year. I thought Kylan Hill was going to go in the first round. He ended up going in the seventh round of the Packers, and I, I, you know, I, I really thought high, more more highly of him than apparently everyone else did, and I'm scared that Eric Gray is entering that territory. 
So wide receiver, I, I made a lot, a couple of changes in this one. Um, so Garrett Wilson's one, obviously best route runner, best hands. Nah, maybe not the best hands, but best route runner for sure. Traylon Burks two, Drake London three, four is Jahan Dotson five. I have Chris Olave six, David Bell from Purdue seven, Justin Ross eight, Jalen Tolbert nine, George Pickens from Georgia ACL tear going to be back probably i don't know if he's going to be able to test in indianapolis or not i guess we'll wait and find out about that and then zay flowers for boston college he's been solid all year kind of under the radar though because he plays at boston college but still had a pretty good year so far um tight ends are a total crapshoot right now uh jalen wiedermeyer i still have one um and then between the next two Cade otten from washington and jaleel billingsley from alabama one of those two are the next uh, two or three, and then Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler from Iowa State um, are the next two after that. None of them have really, you know, Kohler, I thought Kohler was going to be a lot better. Iowa State has been bad this year, and I'm not really sure why. Um, I'm kind of I, – I feel bad for him because Brees Hall, he his draft stock needed, needed a little bit more help, and I don't know if this year's helping him. Charlie Kohler, I thought, was going to be at least a second rounder, but now he's kind of looking like a fourth or fifth rounder. That is horrible for him. Horrible for him. All right, let's get on to the defense. I know that this is the IDP Army, and I know you're interested in defensive players. Um, these are just my opinions. Every There's a lot of people that have way different lists than mine, so – I, I, you know, if you trust me, then trust me. If you don't, that's fine too. I, I don't, you know, I just want to get the names out there because I think it's important. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau for this is defensive end, D line, uh, defensive tackle. Kayvon Thibodeau, one, DeVar, DeMarvin Leal from Texas AM, two, Jordan Davis from Georgia, it's three, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan's four, George Karloftis from Purdue is five, and then Perion Winfrey from Oklahoma is six. Uh, only three defensive ends in there. The other three are defensive tackles. We'll kind of see. They kind of usually play around with that um, when they actually get to the um, combine. So we'll see how everybody, like how, what they're coming out as. Maybe that might change. Uh, linebackers, we got Nicobe Dean, one. Adam Anderson, two. He's currently a defensive end. I think he's going to change the linebacker. It's kind of a mm, sticking point for some people. Uh, Christian Harris, three from Alabama, four Mike Rose from Iowa State, and then five is Nick Benito from Oklahoma. He, Oklahoma he's been solid all year. He's a very good tackler behind the line, and he's very good at getting in people's business. So Nick Benito really needs to get more love, I think. But Oklahoma's been so weird this year that I don't think people are even paying attention to the fact that the defense is actually pretty good. Uh, defensive backs quickly, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame is number one. Derek Steenley Jr. is number two. Uh, Kair Elam from or from Florida is number three. Lewis Seen from Georgia is number four. Andre Booth Jr. from Clemson's five. And then Tariq Castro-Fields is from Penn State is number six. Um, two safeties in there, Kyle Hamilton and Lewis Seen. I think both of those guys are elite, both elite safeties. I, you could interchange them. Uh, Stingley and Elam and Booth have all been really good this year. Derek Stingley Jr., is living off of that two years ago national championship run. I'm going to have to just allow him to be up there because the thing is by this point, Mel Kuyper jr. Um, has, has him up there. So 
there's really nothing you can do. Like, there's nothing I can do about it. That's, teams draft on. Like, I will tell you this: I have heard stories that teams will draft off of who my, you know, Mel Kiper. Mel Kiper could put a kid up there that maybe a team's never heard of, and somebody will talk themselves into taking them higher than they're supposed to be. So. Derek Stanley Jr., the tape is very weird. I, I don't know how you're going to be able to watch that tape and say that he's definitively a top-five draft pick, but this is also a weird year. Um, a lot of weird things going on. So those are the defensive backs. A lot can still change. This is only week five. There is so much going on still. So I uh, hope that you all will continue to join me for the dynasty tailgate. We're going to talk about college football every week. Joe's going to be in and out. Um, I might try to get some other people on here to kind of pick their brain, see what they want or see what they're thinking closer to the actual draft. Um, my name's Billy. You can follow me at ombre vendor, uh, follow at the IDP army as you probably already do, but go ahead and do that. Leave a review, hit me up on Twitter, please. I would love for you to tell me I'm wrong. I, that's the thing. I I'm in the discord. I will be on the college football section on there mostly every week, trying to chat it up in there. Um, I will also be on Twitter reacting to everything that's happening throughout the day. This is, I'm not a hundred percent in love with this draft draft class yet. The quarterbacks don't look good. The running backs look top heavy wide receivers, my favorite part, but that's just how it seems to be these days. Tight ends don't have me very excited. Defense is the only thing that's really like, good about this draft class so if you're you know an idp head this is a good year for you because there's going to be a lot of talent there's people i haven't even listed that are going to be drafted in the first round so i'm excited to see what happens um hopefully you have fun hopefully you all can tune into those games this weekend like one of them's kicking off right at uh noon on the uh, east coast 11 um central time so yes join some or enjoy some college football this weekend Chat us, chat me up on the Discord or on Twitter, and I will be back next week, and we will discuss what the heck just happened. Have a good day. Have a good weekend.